was out on the mound, and you're not show, you're not showing the respect a starting pitcher deserves right now, and I'm a little pissed off. Okay. How how were you, were you pitching well? Oh, dude, I was I was on fire tonight. I was on another fucking planet. I'm actually not kidding. I was really. Would doing you well. say that you were throwing pretty smooth out there? <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. If we're, if we're gonna fucking, if we're gonna fucking do this bit, like we're gonna, if you're gonna make this podcast lead off with this dumb shit. All right, so uh, we're gonna restart. So the podcast is uh, restarting, but it's also not cut. So just kind of roll with us here. Okay. It's a meow. So. Tyler, uh, yes. Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to Every Three. It's a podcast. So I was out on the mound today on my um, at my son's baseball game. They needed a pitcher. Oh. I had to get out there. I pitched. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to find you know the right word. You know, for how I I'm, I can't think. Oh, you can't think of it. Would you say you were pitching pretty smooth out there? It's been a while since I stole this bit, huh? I cannot stop listening. So you've chosen to come back, have you? (laughs) It's a hot one. At what point does it? Do we get sued? Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I'll leave it. I'll leave it it at that. Twenty seconds. That's that's a really good song. Yeah. So. I have been listening to this song nonstop. <laughs> Wait, what? Let me. I mean? don't know why. How many times a day? Because I'll get like three, that with four. A song. That's not terrible. That's not bad, you know. No, that's. Mm, but all right, here's why it's, it's bad. Three or it's, four more than most people are listening to "Smooth" by oh, Rob Thomas and if Santana. This was, if this was in what year is this? That's the fucking beauty of Spotify. Like that's it's my favorite music app. I, new album. This was the year two, 1999. Okay. Yeah. If this is 2002. Okay, maybe up until then. If you throw the song on three or four times a day, I actually think that's maybe below. Like, that's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Now you're teetering into like <laughs> just niche territory. Like you're not you're not super weird. You hit six or seven, you're essentially just a brony, except just with like "Smooth" by Santana. Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I woke up. Yeah, uh, in the, just. Well, my dog's attacking me, but I woke up and all I had in my head was dun, 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 dun. that's what I woke up to in my brain. And that's I was just a good like, song. I, so 5 a.m. Saturday morning, cranked, Santana smooth. Bang. Uh, the dogs were not prepared for how much energy I was coming in with at 5 in the morning. I had lights, lights on, windows open, smooth, cranked, and I was. What year were you born? How old were you in 1999? 99. What was that, like eighth grade? Okay. You can, all right, fine. You can Seventh, maybe, eighth grade, middle school? You can put me in the headspace then, okay? Because okay. I wasn't, I, 99, I was do, yeah. seven, you know? 9-11, I was in ninth grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And there's the Tyler scale. 9-11 for the week. The, t- the Tyler scale, the <laughs> 9-11 scale. He has the Manson scale, the 9-11 scale. He's a well-adjusted man. You know what I've read? Like, you always say all roads lead back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. For me, all roads lead back to 9-11, I guess. Absolutely. Now, one day we could – I on one of the old projects that did Static Sweetness on the uh, – we, we did this thing where we, like, started at WrestleMania 17. We were going to review everything all the way through just mm-hmm. forever. Um, might resume that one of these days when I have time. But – we got to the one like we didn't just do pay per views. Every now and again, we'd stop for at a Raw or SmackDown, and of course, I did. Of course, I'll say who I did it with. I did it with fucking Tom, of all people, like just <laughs> who thinks of the same level as you. Just that fucking dark, <laughs> that dark evil level. Um, 
we did the 9-11 SmackDown because uh, that was in the timeline. Because <laughs> nice. it was the f- and it wasn't on 9-11. It was like 9-15. Mm-hmm. But it was the first sporting event in the United States after 9-11. And I was like, all right, you know, this seems like an important episode to do. Um, and dude, all right, you know what? I'll name some names. Wolfie from Bumpin' Uglies was on this episode. Just yeah. randomly just <laughs> walked in on it. They made horrific jokes the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Chris Benoit wrestled. Like, oh, it just, in hindsight, it's so fucked up. And the best part about it is, and you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, Look, Vince. might be clip worthy or not. You need to, Vince, I need to tell a story. Vince wasn't letting anything stop SmackDown. He wasn't. Vince wasn't letting anything stop SmackDown, but you got to remember, he had children, okay? Vince, Vince had children that are almost as cutthroat as he, he is, okay? Uh-huh. Stephanie McMahon, this fucking chick, goes up, all right? It's four days after 9-11. I'm going to play this for you oh, when we take a four break. four days? Four days oh, wow. after 9-11. Didn't even give it a business week. No. Not at all. Like, there was – I don't think a SmackDown got skipped. Like, the NFL – I was going to say, like, did they skip No, dude. They didn't miss a week during the pandemic. Are you fucking kidding me? What city were they in? Uh, I don't – America, USA. You know, it's just some city. Um, They were really – they're really good at dressing it up and making everything look the fucking same. But anyway, not a wrestling podcast. I will be done with this soon. I swear. I swear this leads – We'll go back to Smooth by Rob Thomas and All of this leads back in – but um, Stephanie McMahon gets on there, and well, before she does, all these wrestlers come on. They do like testimonials. You ever seen a show where like a wrestler dies and they come on and say, "Oh, I loved him. He was great." Well, they kind of do this shit with like these these wrestlers who half of them aren't Americans, like, like British <laughs> and Chris Jericho is like Canadian, like, and they're just like, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, we're gonna get them, and America always wins." And I can't believe this has happened. Everyone's trying their best to like. I don't know, be solemn, but they're also just like, what the fuck just happened? The last, the first few days after the 11 were weird. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Stephanie McMahon has her, her moment in it's the spotlight. A, and it's, it's... What is... I need to know what Chris Benoit thinks. I actually want to go back and I can't remember what he said. I remember us laughing at it and being like, it, I don't know, he maybe said something that just... It, with the benefit of hindsight, like, seem creepy. He has like posthumously, you can make everything he says. Yeah, he's a wrestler. Like he talked about killing people like every week. Yeah, you know. So anyway, uh, Stephanie gets up there and she's like, you know, America was attacked, just like my father oh was attacked by the God. federal government back in 1993 with a bull. She didn't say bullshit, but like with a false steroid trial, like literally took her testimonial time to oh. go up there and say, yeah, the government that just got attacked, yeah, they attacked my dad in the 90s and said he was a drug dealer. It's like, what the fuck? That They're, is amazing. People don't, they live in their own bubble. So people don't realize that the the McMahons are like all whatever. I didn't even watch Game of Thrones, but just all of them wrapped into one. Just like all, they all <laughs> bang each other and they fucking, <laughs> you know, poison each other. And it's just an incestuous mm-hmm. pool of their own. Uh, what's, what's she like? The social media bubble there. It's like, what the hell? You're uh I can't remember the name. What? Your social media bubble? Yeah, like wh- what the hell's it called when you're you're only hearing shit that you are oh, like-minded God. with? Uh, echo chamber. Yeah, 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 echo chamber. There we go. So, yeah, and now this this ties into Santana Smooth. Uh, it did at some point. But, um, oh, 9-11, dude, because oh, yeah. that was your 9-11. <laughs> Santana Because you asked Smooth. how old I was. Well, no. 1999. I feel like what you're trying to tell me was that the release of Smooth by Santana and a uh, guy from Matchbox 20, Rob, Rob Thomas. Thomas, 
was your 911, right? That's the point we were getting at there. Uh, I do remember the old point. It just came to me, but you could explore that. I'll, you know. All right. So the towers fall, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and the first thing you do, you're like, I I need to pop pop some tunes on. Oh. Well, I I had to relax. You're rifling through the CD book. I I had to. to, Second plane hasn't hit yet. You're like, you just feel something bad. Like, I need to get this song on. I need (laughs) to. The temper was like right before night. Tyler's making a mad dash to his CD book. Oh god! I need to make everything better right now. Only I can do it. Need that album. And you didn't play it before the. You didn't play it for the second tower. It was your fault. Second tower was three a.m. So anyway, the question I was going to ask like five minutes ago, put me in the mind frame of a guy, eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two years before an 11 so things are still good. Things are so good. All right, when was there a collaboration like fucking Santana and Rob Thomas after 9-11? Find me one. Find me something that beautiful and pure. Before you do, I need to ask this question. <laughs> I, have a, I have a collab, mm-hmm. but... I th- so, well, we'll get to that, because yeah. that, may, that may lead us further down the, the hole here. I want to know, what was it like... Just one day, you're walking down the street. You know what uh, Rob Thomas is. Yeah. You know what Matchbox Twenty is. You probably don't know who Santana is. Maybe, maybe you're up I with it. Did not know who Santana was. And, and your dad's rock and roll. So maybe yeah. like there was even a chance he could have taught you. Like yeah. I, I think I knew songs, but I, I couldn't right. have told you. Like, what was, the, what was the collective world's? What? How bright was that day <laughs> when everyone was just like Rob Thomas and Santana? What? <laughs> <laughs> The Latin explosion, it, you know, it just I, showed up one day. You know, I have I have in my notes uh, as a down the toilet bowl a deep dive into the Latin explosion of like Ricky Martin, Santana, um, Selena, uh, or was she kind of before that? Cause I feel she, like she, she was kind of before. Uh, I think like Trailblazer, I guess. Like uh, who was who was the other one? It wasn't. Ricky Martin, uh, I was like, uh, <clears throat> Balemos, let the rhythm take you something. Well, you know what's funny? I, I, I don't know who that is, but there's another band, I think of a band called Los Lobos, where they were like an Eric Clapton type blues mm. band, that they had, um, um, oh, they did, I think, La, not La Bamba, they have one song that everybody knows Macarena? that's really, no, not Macarena. Who did but, Macarena? Um, I'm, we're going to play more music on the yeah. show. By the way, this is M3 Podcast, by the way. Um, this I'm is, Alex this Wolski. Is, hi, I'm, I'm Tyler. Non-governmental figurehead. A non-governmental figurehead. Hi, I'm uh, I'm Sean Moore. And I'm the director. And uh, I'm the lead singer of Wise Eyes. And um, <laughs> you know what, man? I am the lead singer of Wise Eyes. No one can stop me. There's uh, no. I'm currently the lead singer of Wise Eyes until Sean shows up and takes it back. <laughs> Sean... <laughs> Are you, can you hear me more? Enrique Iglesias, that's about the most. Enrique Iglesias, okay. So while I'm over Jennifer here, Lopez, you uh, know, this whole time it was a good time. We do, we do, we do big things here. Um, God damn it! I can't. Hello. Somebody just hit Hello. me up on Discord. We can't have that now, can we? Um, no, I'm not gonna have that. Anyway, let's move on. We take requests. What request? No, I'm oh, not. Discord? Fuck these. Fuck these people on Discord. <laughs> Discord yeah, I'm gonna have requests? to like shut Discord down. Like leave these discords because <laughs> I went on there. Welcome to, to M3. You're on Discord. 
Yeah, leave server. That's done. And three in the morning. And three in the fucking morning. Show, 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 show. All right. <laughs> we promised you a podcast. We're here. Um, it's time to plug something, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about all of the fantastical bits that we've come up with. We've got developments. We have huge developments. We also have new fears. Um, we <laughs> new new developments <laughs> and a lot new fears. New developments, new fears. Unsure about where to go. Well, we we're going we're gonna to figure that out live on the air. We're going to get there live on the air, brother. So before we get there, uh, this is this is always a beautiful time to remind you to go to patreon.com slash the M3podcast. Fuck, I did it wrong. Ignore that. Wow. That was, what the fuck? Deb is not the right fucking URL. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's is that Reset. why we don't have that would be so funny. Thousand uh, <laughs> patrons. That wouldn't that be so great? If there was like all these people lined up. And there was something that was called the M three, but like they're just raking in money. So forget that we said that. It, I hope you've blanked it out of your heads. We're gonna get it right. Patreon.com slash M3 podcast. Use the number three there, and we'd appreciate it. if you go there. It's five dollars a month. It's not bad. A, it's not bad at all. You use a delicious, uh, you use a delicious amount of money. You get a delicious amount of premium content delivered to you weekly, it's essentially a, daily. Really, it's two and a half songs on iTunes, such as 1999's collaborative hit "Smooth" by Santana and Wait, Rob Thomas. Two and a half? Is it not 99 cents anymore? Or am I fucking wrong at math? As some of them are like a dollar ninety nine. What? Some, yeah, they, I, not all of them. Sometimes I who's the dollar? Not, who gets to be a dollar? Not, probably, we would probably be you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just would send you the songs into your phone and make you have to delete them. Like, no, you can have for free. By like, this song's about Ireland. I don't know. I don't know. What this song is about. Ireland. I don't know what they write about, dude. Like, <laughs> I haven't listened to you two in a long time. I like those those songs that come on the, I'm the like, radio. I'm like double checking to. What? Maybe Does, I'm wrong, you know? I don't know. But you know what You know what isn't wrong is going to patreon.com slash m3podcast, $5 a month. You get uh, weekly, you get an episode of The Boys Room, which is our kind of podcast about how we make this podcast. It's weird. It's its own show at this point, though. It's really just the dirtier, raunchier, premium version of this show where we name names and get a little, little dirty and yeah. filthy. We get down in the mud there, pick around a bit. Sometimes it's... Almost no writing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it's just a lot of – it's a lot of character work. And then you have like this last week where it was like we had to write the whole thing. <laughs> uh, which is also fun, exciting. Yeah. We delivered a, a hot, fresh, one-hour-long episode there. We have – and this is less frequently. We have things like the B-sides, which is all the things that get left off for the, the main episodes. We kind of put into a big episode there. We do Boys at the Movies and Boys on Music. It's just a music and movie review show, respectively. Essentially, it's just this show centered around one piece of work, whether it's music or... Slightly more focused. Yeah, slightly more focused <laughs> on, on one subject. And, you know, with the research, it's it's like the research all floats around this one subject, but yeah. it's all the same shenanigans and silly, silly nannyness. Uh, that's a new word, and we're going to put that into the boy shenary. What was the word? Silly nannery. Silly nannery. Silly nannery. No, silly nannery. I need you to pocket that term, and we're going to use that in the Wiffle Cricket Handbook. Silly nannery. Now, if you have no fucking idea what we're talking about, well, then throw down $5 a month because, hey, we punish people who don't pay <laughs> by a, inserting bits of lore that only make sense if you listen to the premium feed. There's a 40-minute episode on Wiffle Cricket. On Wiffle Cricket. And we will we refuse to explain ourselves. Like it's it's there for you. It's B Sides Volume Four, I believe. It is. B Sides yeah. Volume Four. 
will, explains in full, in depth, what the sport of wiffle cricket is. It is not our job to explain to you. It's your job to spend $5 to find out. You can join the elite premium ranks of people like Matty Rockville, Nick Smitty, Chavs Banger, Duh. Mac Lavez, and our friend Isabel. You can join those ranks of people who laid down $5 and say, we want it. We want it hot. We want it fresh. Now, in addition to those paid shows that I just mentioned there, in addition to like early access content, you know, for like the M3 Plus episodes, the classic content, that's all behind the paywall. There's free stuff that's up there too. Every episode of the Walog for free. Hey. Something I do out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash. I'm not going to promote it anymore until we relaunch. I'm really not. There's no fucking point. That's fine. But I do a show called The Walog, which streams live on Twitch. I'll put the link to the Twitch in the description. We're going to be relaunching that soon. It's something else. We're tying everything back into M3, making it one big happy family. Um, But that's for free. There's going to be a couple of other things going up there for free. Uh, We want you to go there one last time, patreon.com slash M3 podcast. Go there. Love us. There are no plugs, no ads. You are free to frolic. And everything will make sense. All of the madness that we refuse to explain to you. I had someone reach out to me and be like, yeah, like, I feel like some of the bitches don't explain them really well. Someone really did reach out to me and gave me that feedback. I'm like, "Uh, sorry, like, (laughs) there's there's a solution. Yeah. And patreon.com slash M3 podcast is the answer. Okay. I mean, and a lot of bits on this main feed, we don't necessarily want to or can't explain. No. Because it has to stay a little... (laughs) Under the bucket. Yeah, under the bucket. But but I... I say we just dive right into one of the main bits oh, um, and let's, just go let's ahead and discuss a, a large development. When's the last time we've done like a direct follow-up the next week after an episode? We almost never, never. directly follow up anything. We say we were, we were supposed to do, what was it, the marriage or mortgage show? Yeah. We have a lot of bits where we're just like, you know what, next, for every week we're going to follow up. We have a lot of that. Well, because shit got funnier because we were afraid yeah. that we weren't going to – be like, oh, all right, we're going to have to watch these fucking TV shows and come up with shit to talk about on our podcast. And then we started an indoor football league team. Yeah. Uh, the episode, the name of this episode is Blue Streak 3 because we are, <laughs> <laughs> this is a very direct, it's like a Zelda game. Like there's so few Zelda games that are direct sequels, <laughs> but when they are, they're like, all right, nah, we're putting a fucking two yeah. at the end of this shit. Um, we Blue have, three. we've, so <laughs> today on Blue Streak 3 and you actually, you wait, did you find that movie? I went and watched it. Yeah, after we did our podcast the next day or the Saturday, I went and found Blue Streak, watched it, pff, holds up, great movie. I watched a lot of- How some, much of a bit was that? Watching Blue Streak? Yeah. Zero bit. I wanted to watch it. <laughs> it was amazing. Do you want to do boys uh, at the movies at Blue Streak 2 or Blue Streak season <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched Blue Streak. I watched Under Siege. Uh, and- there's some other movie. I, I know I was sending movies to you because I was just like, so these movies I found. Like, this is great. It's a great weekend. This is a great day. This I watched the greatest day of my life. Three like terrible movies over the weekend that were all great. Well, I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. You've, you've come a long way. All right, so, yeah, Blue Streak. Uh, well, last episode we <laughs> we we I we called the commissioner of the indoor football league. Yeah, we did. We actually found his number somehow. Look. I don't take any responsibility for the the ease of access. Tyler was here watching me the whole time. That it was, was on him. What two clicks? Yeah, you're, I, you're I the, tried to reach out online through email earlier in the day to send him the official, uh, you know, letter from 
the city of Crofton to pitch an IFL team. Yeah. But I couldn't, like, the, their email was a broken link, so I couldn't find it. And he seemed very shocked when uh, I talked to him about this. Oh, talk to him? Yes. My God. Um, it was the next morning. The next morning he called back. Um, Amazing. Really expected to like again this like this guy rocks. So like let's let's go ahead and make this very clear. He is not a villain here. <laughs> He's an unwitting hero because this guy listened to ten minutes of my bullshit. Twelve. And twelve. It's like twelve yeah. minutes and was of you was it, polite, attentive, in character, whole time, mm-hmm. never break. So he called. Amazing. He called, and um, I was just setting up my my computer. But you know what's funny? I haven't done a stream all week. I was getting ready to set up to do a log. I was so shaken by this. I just couldn't. I was just so antsy. (laughs) Um, He called me just as I had finished setting up, like just as I had plugged everything in. Because if this shit isn't plugged in, (coughs) excuse me, burp count, where are we at? Like eight? Yeah. Uh, Actually, eight and a half. Eight and a half. (laughs) The dreaded half burp. (laughs) Uh, but like if, if I didn't have this stuff plugged in, the stuff I'm recording through like right now, if this isn't, I don't get it. And it's just, I just, I'm talking like I plugged this in, I'd hit the phantom power button and then the call comes through and it says from, you know, his name, Jim in like South Dakota. Yeah. And I was like, Sufos. I, I usually I get a lot of bullshit calls. You know what I mean? I get a lot of robo calls, shit like that. I ignore a lot of them. And this one, I really thought about ignoring. I thought about like, no, I can't do this. And then I I told you about this off air. I thought, what would Tyler do? Like, if Tyler found out that you had an opportunity to talk to this guy, and chickened out, he'd be really disappointed. Like, I I pictured you like really like, ah. Oh. And I was just like, can't. yeah, you can't. Like, you, yeah, just like, and I was like, I can't. You know, like I can't. Yeah. And I gathered it up, and he like, and he's like, hello, is this is this Mayor Walski? <laughs> and that part isn't on isn't on the call. Yeah, which I, sucks. Yeah, it which well, sucks because he, the commissioner. Uh, I hate to. Cut, I'll let, I just need to get this out. This happened. The commissioner of the indoor football league called me Mayor Walski. <laughs> You can't ever, <laughs> ever take that from me. Uh, which ever. is it? Todd Trident? Trident? I think so. Yeah. This guy rules. I, I, he was so cool. I don't cool. remember his last name. I, what were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, just, I don't even remember where I was going. This, the whole phone call is amazing. It's, uh, I know you didn't record it, but like, honestly, it's not, like the recording sounded like it was the beginning of the conversation. Now, I know a lot of you might be saying like, why the fuck are you talking about this? Why don't you just play the goddamn recording? I wish so well, badly. Uh, we we had to do a little uh, legal roundup <laughs> after this, and then we very much found out that Maryland is a two party two two party uh, consent. <clears throat> now there is implied consent, and uh, I'm sure my father is listening. He informed me of a story of some. Uh, athlete got in trouble actually because a radio show called him and did what you do. It was recent. Yeah. And, and did what you did and was just like, hey, like this is so and so, you're live on the air and just started asking him questions. And he just didn't register that yeah. and didn't really realize he was live on air and like talked a shit, I think. <laughs> no, and- he talked about a team. This was um, Julio Jones. 
Uh, Julio Jones called into Shannon Sharp's show. Shannon Sharp's a fucking, he's another, he's a piece of fucking work. (laughs) He's on the other side of, we need to find somebody of color to argue with Skip Bayless. Because, like, that's just what his brand is. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. let's, that's, that, that's it. Um, Even though Stephen A. Smith, I'm going to go on a little side rant. I was so wrong about him. That guy rules. He's so funny. He's a little, he's just like a, a little bastard. And he's great. And he loves stirring <laughs> shit. But he's never super mean spirited. Skip Bayless can suck a fucking asshole though. Anyway, sports. 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 Not sports. Right, yes. um, where are we fucking going with that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we can't, we can't release this call. <clears throat> I want to Not very badly. right now. Not right now. If we can maybe get this guy to realize that he comes across very well on this call. This isn't yeah. come across as gotcha. This is I. No, it's not, not gotcha. We, and like, all right, well, we, maybe we should like we should explain the call as best we can. Like, yeah, top, top front yeah. to back. Yeah, I, I say we, let's go. Let's go through it. So he, what happened was he he calls and I take a second. It's not like it's not a long time. You don't miss much. There isn't much that's like not recorded at the beginning. Um, it's but it's essentially just like the hello is this Mayor Walski, and then me just like uh, um yeah just one minute. And I wasn't in, I wasn't in character, and I felt that I part of me wonders if he caught caught that that minute I needed to collect myself because what mm-hmm. I did I went uh, as regular Alex, just went like, uh, wait a minute, which I feel like can be cleared up with something you did later where I think you said you were essentially calling from like. Like he kind of caught you off guard, and you were like at yeah. home and just like personal. This was a personal phone. Yeah, you, you gave him your personal email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and I made it clear like it was all like all that kind of stuff. Um, I tried to work my way out of things because like there was times where I came close to laughing, and I, and I would play off the laughing as like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, man. Like really, <laughs> Kamish. Yeah, I kept calling him Kamish. Uh, so anyway, he calls. He says, "This is Marowalski, and I'm about to lose it. I have that." brief moment that felt like forever where I channeled you and I was like, all right, you got to fucking do this shit. You got to fucking go for this. And I just was like, uh, yeah, one second, hit the mute button. <sighs> and then that's when I, the call started. That's when okay. I hit record. So you didn't, you, miss, kinda, you didn't miss much at the beginning. Took, took a beat, hit record and went. Yeah. Because <sighs> I need to make clear, I'm a character actor, I think. I'm not, I'm doing characters. Like I, I'm entering even the podcast. Alex is kind of a kid. Like this, this you hear me talking right now. That you're, de- I might do some Chet Chesapeake shit here in like a half yeah. hour. You're good at thinking on your feet. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and yes, having and. yeah, and having like a whole mm-hmm. just keeping the conversation going. Yeah. It's like I'm not necessarily good at that, but I, like, what would this character think? Yeah. Like, what's his life like? You can just you know that's what I was going with. But uh, he's just like yeah, uh, I got your spirited message. I thought I lost him at first, but I think I was able to get him. Like I, I just was like, I, I was like, yeah, just I'm really excited. I, I came across as this aw shuck small town. Oh, yes, small town, very mayor. much. And you pl- played up like small town, a lot of spirit. When you started throwing out dates <laughs> about Arena Football League and throwing out players and or like well, Kurt Warner, mm-hmm. like. I so I played this phone call for a couple people, mm-hmm. um, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just allegedly uh, around. Well, hey, it's not on air, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the moment that always got everybody. Where you you were just like, 
you know, I was like, hey, you know, like I just want to, you know, we've been fans from the Arena Football League and like, you know, back from the Kurt Warner days. And if the Arena Football League isn't founded in whatever year, he's like, you know, are we even talking? Mm-hmm. And like, because he, he, he sounded like you almost broke his spirit a little bit at one point because you called it the yeah oh Arena all right, football so, yes. league. So the way it went, he was, uh, he was like, "All right." So he's like, "How did you find? Like, where did you find out?" And I pretty much was like, "Look." He's like, "What do you know about indoor football?" And again, I'm a legitimate fan. Like, I yeah. alternative football. I've talked about it. I like looking for different, whether it's different leagues or different variations of the game. I think it's really neat. Uh, but I. I watched the Arena Football League. Like John Bon Jovi had a team, and like it was just wild. It was a really cool, cool thing. And I said to him, like, dude, you know what, dude? I've been here since the- I gave my first statement. Was like, I've been here since the beginning. I'm talking Iowa Barnstormers. Oh yeah. I'm talking yeah. Kurt Warner's yeah. Arena Football for the PS One. <laughs> I have been here since the beginning. And he's like, well, well, we're not Arena Football. Well, we're indoor football. And then you come back. And then I come back immediately. Like not, I didn't miss a fucking didn't beat. Skip a beat. And I said, well, listen, buddy. If the AFL isn't starting up in 1987, uh, you know, and, and kind of like bringing their own version of the, of the game of football to us, then we're not sitting here having this conversation. I think I even said, like, even you yourself, you have I, the Iowa Barnstormers, who are formerly of the Arena Football. And he agreed. Like, he, I, went, he went, yep, yep. Yeah, you're right. And I pretty much respect it as like that moment. Mm-hmm. Is the moment where I think he was like you. He's, he's, he's you real. turned the phone call, and <laughs> you were now in control, in control, <laughs> and leading the charge. Yeah, and I uh, really tried to make it seem like I was like you are carrying on the legacy of arena football that was beautiful, and we loved it. And like you are to be commended for this. Um, and then he was <laughs> just, he asked the questions. He, he asked the questions. Yeah, he had a couple questions. I feel like, did he, did he ask you about the name first or the city first? I think first? I am pretty sure the name came first, <laughs> which was hilarious. So where did, <laughs> he's like, he was so a serious commissioner. So I got to ask, Throb Hogs, <laughs> where'd you come up with that? And... This is like that, that, that. Like this is the one part of the phone call where I 100% wish I was there for like, you know, because sometimes when you're doing stuff like I'll write stuff on paper or like yeah. just kind of like <laughs> throw stuff your way. I was like, oh my god. I was like, but you, 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 you had a good answer that was like just. It was not vague, but it was. You, yeah, you can, he asked. Es- essentially, I was like, well, listen, all right, I'm the mayor of Crofton. And that I think I even protected myself. Like, look, I'm essentially a mascot for the city. Okay, buddy. It's like, That's I'm, I'm just here. Later. That is much oh, later. Oh, was that later? That was later. Okay, much later okay. than getting the okay. phone call. But what I said, like, yeah, so uh, I'm the mayor of Crofton. And um, I, I just, we, me and my my director, I just love, I allude to my direct, my director. Like, that's, yeah. don't question it. He's, he's my director. I was like, it was a joint kind of brainstorming session between the two of us. We went back and forth on a name that, well, we, just, we we thought about like what encapsulates like what Crofton's about, and I, I loved the delivery. I was like, and I thought of one word, and that was power. Yeah, <laughs> power, <laughs> political power, Polit- uh, yeah. citydom power, I, or whatever. I, I, I said, uh, I said like football power, city power, political power. Yeah. That's actually how I, I came yeah. into office. Um, and I just said, we're a powerful town full of powerful people, something yeah. like that. And I just said, that's what we're about. Yep. And then I 
I paused and I allowed him to ask his next question. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> he asked about the arena um, and how, how, I, <laughs> how I quickly glossed over how well, the, the, the arena that we plan on using that we're just going to take it. Yeah, the, a- the API building, I, not in Crofton. Mm-hmm, no, but I, nah, I did say like so. I said Crofton's looking to, to expand its its borders. Like a few, I was, miles. Yeah, yeah. I said that. I said that to this guy. We're, we're going to take this building. He didn't bat an eye. He and, just was like, "Oh, you're okay." You're... And you accidentally threw out the magic numbers that they need. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I think I, I think I told you. I was like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if read the packet. Oh, I, I um, read the packet. But, we got sent a packet. We'll get further yeah, into we'll, this we'll get again. That. But. Um, yeah, because he started asking. He was like, you know, about the arena, and you came back with like, yeah, we're looking to, we're going to take it, and we're probably, you know, we're probably going to renovate it. Like they they hold uh, some IF or not IF. They've they've had indoor football games there, but not on the professional level. It's a lie. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> bald faced lie. And you're like, well, we plan on renovating it, hold five to ten thousand. Now, when you go read the packet later, it it, it which like I said, we'll talk about it lists as like their bottom. You know, number that they want for arenas is five thousand. I was like, oh man, you nailed it! Like by just by chance, like that five thousand number is like five to ten. That's what they're looking for. It was beautiful. It was perfect. So like that, just the way I casually said, like, oh yeah, my city plans on we're gonna take it. (laughs) We're gonna take it, and that was just. And I gave it was like, yeah, the API over on this is it's out on Route Three. It's kind of a main road. Then he goes into well, Crofton. Okay, so thirty thousand strong. So which tells me that this guy, who I want to reiterate. Fucking rules, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this guy is so, so professional. I would like this guy to run my league because, like, a guy who's like, just I'll scour every fucking person who's willing to get who's willing to get this phone number <laughs> and make this league work. That's the kind of guy you want running your shit. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. I was really like, how can this guy be so fucking hokey that I could find his phone number after a couple of. Uh, web searches mm-hmm. then i talked to him like oh because this guy's fucking grinding and just getting after regular it. dude this is a hustler yeah, yeah like fucking this guy rules um so please come on m3 <laughs> like at the at the end oh of all this God. i hope we can have him on and just be like yo can we just talk to you like be be real come to come to our boys hole <laughs> yeah come into the boys hole like it's it sounds so much weirder than it actually is man yeah uh promote the league yeah so yeah, he's talking about the city did we we yeah, uh, so we tell him about the city. stats when, when we call. Yeah, because okay. the call gets the call gets cut off, right? We didn't get to do all of it, but we were able to say that we we're a thirty thousand strong city. And this guy goes, now when you're seeing a a, a city of a, like full of thirty thousand people, uh, and you you know you have a five to ten thousand seat arena, like where are you drawing all these people from? Yeah, like good questions. Yeah. And this guy really was asking like he was asking these really big questions that were essentially like he was not ready for someone like me but yeah. you know what i'm gonna fucking put myself over a little bit all right yeah i'm me <laughs> i'm not ready for me he's like, he, no one's ready for me because i feel like he's probably similar i i bet he's big picture idea like i bet he's not the nitty-gritty guy and mm-hmm. like so he's probably the perfect guy for asking. Like he's he's coming in and getting big picture stuff, feeling feeling people out. Yep. And I know. gave him just I gave him just I gave him just enough <clears throat> that he wasn't prepared for someone that is both a fan of his product and also willing to fuck with him a little bit. Like yeah. I don't think that, that's very rare. Usually it's like one or the other. Usually yeah. someone's a fan or someone wants to troll it because they think it's funny. Yeah. I don't think you're a target because I think you're weak. I just know how this works, man. I know that. That's I a, know what kind of fan I am. It's niche, dude. You're not. Like, it's <laughs> almost the 
better. It's almost funnier and better to like mess with things you love. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I love you so much. I'm ready to fuck with you. Well, made it easier to get myself in, dude. I was like, I had, I had the the kind of phantom, you know. Yeah. And I flattered him a little bit, but anyway, he was asking me, "Where are you gonna draw these people from?" Immediately, I was like, "Boom, Crofton's in the center of the triangle. You're looking at Baltimore to the north. You're looking at Annapolis to whatever." And I said, "You know, mm-hmm. I think I even got it wrong. I think you got like the tri point, the, the tri, the or triangle." You and I said, "He was like, yeah, like the center of the triangle. We're workshopping that kind of stuff." Yeah. And I said, "Like." Like, like, look, bud, and the reason we're not calling this the Anne Arundel Throb Hogs is because the mayors of those respective cities are not very with what I'm doing here, <laughs> and they disrespect me. That you don't get along with the other mayors. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, yeah, I don't get along with the other mayors very well. <laughs> He's like they don't they don't see my dream. They, you know what? Okay, this was the best bit. I feel like this was the best one. Uh, I said like, yeah, I don't get along with the other mayors because you know what. Buddy, you know, the other mayors, when they think of football, they just think of 100-yard oh fields right, yeah. outside. They don't fucking think 50 yards inside, high-octane, throb hog football. <laughs> and DCE paused for a minute because I feel like – I wish. I'm just going to – I can imagine like looking up like that Ben Affleck smoking yeah. meme. Just like that. Fuck. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Rob Hall. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you got a team yeah. called the Barnstormers. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's where you could get away with it. Yeah. Like, the Iowa Barnstormers, like, I can pull up the names of these fucking teams, and some of them are, are fucking ridiculous. But the Iowa Barnstormers also are, like, the most, if you could believe it, they're like the New York Yankees of indoor football. <laughs> they're the most prestigious team that's been around the longest. They're the most popular indoor football league team that's ever existed. Yankees. I know this. You know what I mean? Yankee, I, Yankees I know this shit. is a funny name. It sounds like jerking off. Do it. You know? <laughs> Mets, even that, like Metropolitans. Yeah. What the fuck is that dumb shit? Throb Hogs. Uh, Throb Hogs. Like, Throb. What, what, Throb Hog Nation. What's, what's wrong with what we bring to the table? Nothing. Um, I am ready to hit the next steps here. And then the call ended very cordially. Like, essentially, we asked, what are the next steps? What do we need next? And he asked for an email. Yeah. He sent us, like, so I, I said, like, yeah, we tried to find an email. We couldn't get it. He's like, well, we don't give that information out to anybody. And I, was, I had to, like, hit mute for a second because I was like, you're going to look right at it. Uh, but, again, people maybe aren't willing to look like that. Yeah. And, you know, willing to assume a character. I, I want nothing more than to be on the other side of this phone call and see – what initial research he did and after the phone call. I feel like the Wikipedia page and the cityofcrofton.org website really hit it home because when I send you there, like when I say, you know, hey, you can go look me – I go to wikipedia.com, city of Crofton. I mean, look who's, you know, look, look who's the mayor. That combined with cityofcrofton.org is the one-two punch of just like, okay, well, no right person would go through all of this trouble. <laughs> Just, just to, you know, just to make a goof of me <laughs> to pitch an IFL team. They don't realize, like they don't realize, like this this board commissioner doesn't realize that he is a cog in a great in a, in a wheel of a much bigger picture that's much bigger than anything he's ever going to create. Right. And you know what? I love his contribution to this, unknowingly or not. This guy, overall, and I keep saying it, but like I'm not joking, was so fucking cool. Yeah. Made me more of a fan of what he's doing. I made sure I've been watching like every game since. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Um they have some T V deals, but I don't 
watch the stadium network. Ac- according to the packet, they have TV deals. Yeah, have st- yeah. with stadium. They have some small yeah. TV deals. Um, but yeah. we're ready to throb. Yeah. So How about you? They So they send us an expansion packet that's not public info. And I, re- I read all the way through it. Did you? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's... Even that, I glanced all the way through it, and I read specifically uh, some of the some of the you know ins yeah. and outs. Some of the well, the one one the one page that's still the funniest thing to me that is actually public. The one where it talks about like you have to have reasonable credit, <laughs> which that's funny. But it, the price breakdown. Oh, so that's the part of the phone call. I think the only one that we have left is <clears throat> when he talks about finances. And because he talked about how we had, you know, he was like, look, we have some big city teams and maybe their operating costs are close to 500000 I guess, a year. And he's like, but then we have some smaller teams that are like around 300000 He's like, your guys, you might be even less depending on, you know, cost of living. <laughs> and so he sent us the packet and I'm looking over the, some of these numbers. I think we can afford an indoor football league, man. Yeah, like, not even a league. Like you keep a like team. A, a team. Yeah, and, and all like all the city of Crofton pages, you will sometimes fuck up and you get it wrong and you call it an indoor arena football league. I all the way, at this point, I do it almost purposefully. <laughs> like it, yeah. we're we're bringing a whole league in. Yeah, <laughs> and which is even better. But like that, it wasn't as like I think because they have inflated numbers for a bigger city, and it was like I think. Including the buy-in and everything, what seven hundred and seventy thousand? Like doable, like yeah, like with the right people who and, are down with the sickness and yeah. are down to be like, hey, let's do this. And that that was like inflated. You just need to find an arena. Like that's the big thing. And there's that's, no. And your dad brought it up, dude. Showplace Arena. Showplace Arena. Still called the East Croft and Throb Hogs. Obviously, Still, yeah, obviously, and they have to play at the Showplace Arena. If we. Find enough people, enough enough money, squeak one season out. Come it's on. a success, yeah. Like Come on. it's a success, dude. Squeak. The XFL <laughs> didn't even finish its fucking season. Squeak out one season of IFL. They 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 fit a hockey rink in there, so mm. that's what two hundred feet. I want to go on a record and say the only way that you guys can make this happen because I will also I refuse to create a separate fundraiser unless it's like live. You know what I mean. I want to either fundraise through businesses or you pieces of garbage, you got to go to patreon.com slash M3 podcast. You have to do it. Uh, if you guys, if we're making, if we're making, you know, money that we saw earlier, we, they, they, the, our friends there, they could afford an IFL team. They, they can make this bit work. Yeah. We could do this. Do this. We just need a couple, couple high roller backers. Couple, you know? We need a couple of high rollers who are down to meme. But you know what? This it could. People love football. I'm telling you. Look, our, we've already found some, some, uh, some crew, some staff. You we know? have some staff coming on. And really, honestly, this price can get cut down. Like if people just want to be involved and don't want to get paid, you know, All they right. can just be the staff. Look at the. So you said you said seven. Uh, about seven hundred thousand. Right? Yeah, I think they listed it, it was like seven hundred thousand, something like that. So the Green Bay Packers have it. Uh, they don't have a singular owner. They have an ownership group. They have investors. Essentially, mm-hmm. if you invest, you're an owner. Fourteen people, fifty thousand dollars each. We have an indoor football league team. You guys are out there. You're out there. And honestly, it's not. It's not even. Shouldn't even be that much. I don't think. And you. 
look, I don't want to have to put any money into this. <laughs> yeah, no. You look. guys can have it. Yeah. You guys can benefit. Like, <laughs> what if you we guys just, understand? What that if we just built it and let it let it go? That's you kind know? of the point. I don't want to manage yeah. a football team because I will lose everything at the end of this. I don't want to be in a position where I'm benefiting from this financially outside of the pod, the bit that the podcast has yeah. created. If we could find 14 people, essentially a, like a, a football team plus three reserves who have $50,000 in cash, we can start our own indoor football league team. You need to put me on the staff just for one season let us run the bit <laughs> let us let us run it out let us be like the commentary team let us be the like you'll, mm-hmm. you'll stick us up there we'll give you the logos we don't what the fuck are we gonna do with throb hog logos after a fucking year you know yeah. like it, it's done we, we, we will have get gotten a, what we need i'll get a jersey and uh move on and if you guys get 10 years oh and we need tickets for life obviously like, well you, you got yeah you got you gotta hook that goes it. Yeah. without saying you gotta like like press box forever like yeah. I, I should be able to just show up and be i don't like, know if they have box seats there but if they do we'll make them like yeah. <laughs> you guys gonna have to make some box seats um we're looking to be and again i don't want to be the head coach i want to be associate head coach i will do nothing to interfere with this team except for on game day stand on the sidelines and just animate through the whole game <laughs> just the whole game just hold the whole every call I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm, I'm just like my soul is leaving my body all game. Chair gets thrown onto like the field. Ripping bongs on the sidelines the whole fucking time. <laughs> just like taking naps. Uh, we need you to go to patreon.com slash M3 podcast to help us either raise money through there or you know what? If you want to be an, I don't if want you want to be an investor, we will take you. We- all weekend I kept walking up to people and be like, look, I don't want to tell you how to, because I, I, my, um, my uh, uh, godparents, well, I saw them and they're, one's retired and the other one's about to retire. And I was like, so what are your plans? And he, and he was telling me stuff. And I was like, I don't want to tell you how to spend your money, but I might have an investment opportunity for you. And so I just started doing that as a bit to everybody at this point. I was like, I'm going to just start pitching. Throb Hog Nation to everybody. Throb, 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 throb. Let me see your business plan. Well, it's kind of based on- It's kind of dicey. Yeah, it's kind of dicey. Either there's going to be some strong violence to take a building or Showplace Arena. <laughs> I love it. I graduated high school at Showplace Arena. Throb Hog Nation is coming to a uh, a unit near you. And I want to do one more quick brief bit Uh Something else. This is a fresh one. I, I want to like plant the seeds for this one here. All right, um, and then I want to I want to head down the toilet bowl. We have a, uh, a special one of first in many special pride edition segments today. Uh, M three is gonna get gay as fuck on your ass, <laughs> and we mean that in every fucking way. <laughs> Every fucking way. Oh, anyway. That was deep. Um, well, you know, I mean, I only get deep on this podcast. Uh, happy June. Happy Pride. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the great Alan Turing, who was completely fucked by the British government, but we'll get into that in a little yeah. bit. Um, I was getting into something about the Throb Hogs, and I can't remember. I get really Secondary into Alan Turing. Bit? Secondary bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, mayoral sports. All right. So- Mayoral sports. The city of Crofton will have its own big four <laughs> in terms of sports. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have another one. So essentially what I'm looking at right now is wiffle cricket. That's baseball. Yeah. 
So football, not a lot of people know, is that it's divided into, again, gridiron football, association football, rugby football, Australian football. They all have – it's all football. Um, mayoral football. Okay? All right. I'm, I'm listening. I'm thinking right now, and I, I, I'm building – I'm building the rule set in my mind as I go. I feel like it's just soccer with a f- American football. It's just soccer with American football rules where you're just trying to score a ball. <laughs> like you, you pass it the same way. You just pass it all around. But instead, you could you could be tackled and there's a goalie. You know, like that's what uh, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm, thinking it's just, right. I'm thinking it's just little tackle American football. Okay. That's essentially also soccer. Mayorial football. I like so it. So that's the sec. That's another one. Um, I need to think more about on that, but like, or you know, play it out a little bit, and then take hockey and basketball, and then find uh, find equivalents. Bucketball so, is, is is in my head now. So there was a game we made up, well, mixed when we were little. Uh, it's called hockey, and it was hockey. it was hockey and soccer, and we used a soccer ball, but hockey equipment. So mm. you wore hockey equipment. Now. This was out of really just necessity of what we had, but some players were on rollerblades. Not <laughs> all players were on rollerblades. So you just had to make it even. Who decided? <laughs> who decided? Was it just whoever had rollerblades? Like, you get to be the rollerblade guys? Uh, I mean, we all had you know pretty similar feet, so you, you, you try and trade it off. But it was... Obviously, violence was encouraged, I imagine. Well, in, yeah. In a, in a uh, big way. And, and I mean... You just have to like nail that soccer, and you could kick the ball. You could hit it with the with a stick, and you know. And uh, I think it was like one player on each team could be on rollerblades. So you had essentially like the fastest guy on the rollerblades. So they were even faster. Yes. So you had to, and you know, we played on the street. So you had the grass, and so you could like knock them into the grass and stuff. And but you had full on goalies with full goalie equipment. I think we may we could do hockey, mayoral football, and wiffle cricket as the three sports of Crofton. That's that's a that's a good lineup. Now the big three. Now each of those three sports is going to have an accompanying league, right? Just for now, we'll keep it all in the single brand. You know, the Crofton uh, Authority on Sports, the <laughs> C A O S Chaos. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm going off the dome. There you go. And I these like are it. these are the names of the four teams. There will be four squads to start out. Okay, you can actually. Well, and I sent them to you, and I, I want to share them. And then we're gonna go down the toilet bowl. Uh, they are so in the in the pantheon of the Crofton Authority on Sports. <laughs> here are the four teams. God, I just sent them to you. Where they are? Where are they? Where are they? It's the last hey, text. There it is. All right. So we have the East Crofton Throb Hogs, obviously. The West Crofton Snakeheads. <laughs> the Parkway. The Parkway, oh my God. the Parkway Night Chimps. <laughs> I forgot about Night Chimps. And was that this main? Was it the main feed or is that like boys' room? Or that something? was main. I think that was main feed briefly. I don't know. Okay. We t- Night Chimps. Night Chimps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck that was from, dude. We I, we just came, we were coming up with team names. Oh, okay. And we came out, and then I think it was like the Night Chimps. <laughs> so we're leaving the Night Chimps. So we have the Parkway Night Chimps, and the final is the Chapman Farms Bone Mares. <laughs> <laughs> we're the we're the bone mares. Now is it mares as in like a political figure or mares as in the horses? They're bone mares. So like bone people in government or bone horses? Well, you know, like bone mares. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of like a horse. 
just bone, made of bones. <laughs> I spelled it. A bone horse. Are you used to just misspelling things so awfully all the time <laughs> that you don't? Like, if you were going to spell mare horse, would you spell it like mare? <laughs> spell, spell mare like a horse, Charlie. <laughs> Mare, H O R S E, <laughs> bone horse. <laughs> I feel like I should change the name. <laughs> Hold on. <coughs> All right. Since it, it makes sense, the Chapman Farms bone bears. <laughs> so like a like a horse, like a horse made of bone. Like a it's a horse made of bones. <laughs> I'm just double checking, you know. Maybe I want to. I just wanted to clear. I feel. I think somebody else called in and they had the question. They they just wanted clarification. That's all. Welcome to Crofton, home of bone mares. We have bone horses. They're underfed. <laughs> a lot of horse farms. Really underfed. So. And Crofton, we found the secret to bone bears. <laughs> you grossly underfeed horses. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta bring myself back together. Tyler, that was <laughs> bone bears. <laughs> Crofton. <laughs> Home of the bone bears. Home of the bone bears. I mean, I'm obviously gonna make a logo. For the bone mares now. I gotta go find some weird bone horse logo. I don't feel well. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> and I'm not sick. <laughs> okay. Laugh so hard you get diarrhea. <clears throat> I got the giggle shits. Come on down to the showplace arena and <laughs> see the see the bone mares in action. Was it the Branch Chapman with oh Chapman Farms. Chapman Farms. Well, that was why I thought horses because Chapman Farms. I thought it was like a horse farm. I know there's like a separate. Um, no. I have to complete like I have no rag. I did not expect <laughs> to sweat that much. I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, I do because you're a genius and you're brilliant. Okay, <laughs> for the love of Jesus Christ, head down the toilet bowl. I need a. I need a little bit. You need a break. Yeah. I can do so, that. I mean, we got a deep, a deep, deep bowl. Go as deep as you need to go. Yeah. I need to take these off my head for a minute. Like, yeah, you, you can do my that. Fucking- I got gotcha. you. All right, everybody. So, we're we're we're. Give me a second. It's just like hit the mic stand. <laughs> I <would> like fade. <laughs> oh. So we're gonna be heading down the toilet bowl. Um, Lush. We we decided to tackle some uh some stuff for for pride this month hell yeah so uh we're, we're gonna go ahead and ride down this ride and we what up. we've picked out so far and i kind of wanted to do it like this um pride i've noticed it, it's it's good it's a it's a positive celebration um about you know the queer community and, and things of that nature but every now and again i feel like you need to drag up the 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 nasty shit the people that got forgotten you know uh, the people who had were essentially treated like garbage or put in really terrible situations and we're kind of doing that this month it doesn't seem like we we decided to do that theme but I'll kind of look ahead so we're doing yeah. obviously Alan Turing who mm-hmm. spoiler alert was completely fuck fucked by his government 
disrespected for, you know, after essentially saving the fucking world. Um, we're going to get to that. But we're going to be doing Laura Jane Grace's uh, From Against Me, her album, uh, oh, what's a fucking uh, trans uh, sexual dysphoria blues. Mm, yeah. And that's some heavy fucking shit. You know, like that's not it's a, a sappy. It's a great fucking album, but it's not like a, you know, sappy, happy story for the most part. It's a, it's a Ugh. story of real fucking struggle and a person who was essentially like well i'm just gonna have i'll just kill myself you know what i mean like i'm i'll just do that and be not have to live we went to a show and it was like half of her reading her diary mm-hmm. and then it was like it was like an acoustic show at the synagogue and it was yeah yeah it was like yeah i remember diary. that being like promoted on radio stations. it was amazing god i wish i could say that uh but you know, I, I kind of I wanted to point that out though because yeah. like this shit you gotta remember like it's really nice during Pride to remember how f- not remember look at like how far things have come but at the same time there's still a lot of people that are still left behind and there's a lot of there's a lot of gayness that's wiped from the history books just wiped and I feel like isn't there isn't a big enough effort to go back and reclaim it so yeah will this little fucking this, this little fucking meme cast here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where we'll put our fucking stakes in the ground and you've try list, to do our part. You've listened for a half hour and said, "What's happening? What the fuck is happening?" Well, you know, here we go. <laughs> this is what's happening. This is so what's happening. Tell them about our our, our friend, uh, real fucking hero, Alan Turing. All right, June twenty third, nineteen twelve, in Maida Vale, London, a young boy is born. In his life, he will become a mathematician, computer scientist, logician. Cryptanalyst, ugh, crypt. I wrote that wrong. It's cryptology, cryptozoologist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. There's just so many philosopher and theoretical biologist. Now, you grew. You went to school, correct? Sometimes. What titles have you taken from school? You know, what what things are you? Do you have anywhere near this amount? Of titles, regular like regular school. No, I I was EMTB once. Yeah, that was it. I was just like I was reading off all the things that he like did, and I was like, oh my god, everything. So he was actually looked down on his from his teachers for being essentially too much of a nerd, uh, <laughs> and and looked down from his government and society, who he helped save for the man, you know, for who he chooses to love from the Nazis. He saved. You know, like, but what gets me is, like, he didn't save them from aliens. He didn't save them from... He saved them from Hitler. Yeah. I'm and just... <laughs> you know? It's, it's almost a punch... Like, it's like a cosmic punchline. It's... it's. I don't know. Hey, you know, it's... Shouldn't have been gay. Shouldn't have been... No, he should have <laughs> been... Like, would, it, it would just be so much easier to let Hitler keep doing his thing. Oh, yeah. I want to think about this. What if they really... All right. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm diving too much into it. Let's say, like, his finger's on the trigger. Like, all right, Alan Turing, about to fucking wreck Hitler's shit. And then right as he's about to hit whatever button he'd hit to fucking make everything great. They're like, oh, wait a minute. We just found out some shit. He looks at the queen. He's like, I'll turn this on, but I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> what are you, uh, you going to do? Or king. Sorry, it's a king at this time. King speech. Mm-hmm. King speech two, the untold <laughs> Alan Turing tale. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like not a Star Wars story. It's like a king, a king, <laughs> a king speech king story, <laughs> a Turing tale, a Turing tale. Uh, God, that would have been great. Uh, he didn't obviously. He didn't have that type of energy though. He was. He doesn't. From everything I've read about Alan Turing, he wasn't like some brash 
nah. brash dude. Um, so you know, like, like I said, he he uh, he's a man who's gone on to be recognized as the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. Um, so Alan Matheson Turing, he's a famous World War II codebreaker. So that is who we'll be discussing. And the Turing test. I'm sure they go back and talk about it. But there's a, oh, a, yeah. a video game named after him, the Turing test. So um, so Turing was raised in southern England. His parents were involved with the ICS, which is the Indian Civil Service, a.k.a. Imperial Civil Service, a.k.a. Britain's colonizing army in India. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the a nice storied past of imperialism. Uh, so his parents traveled back and forth from Britain to India and he and his siblings, they wouldn't travel with them and they would just instead stay with some retired military family in Hastings, which seemed reckless. I don't know. That seemed like an odd choice. Yeah, this was a different time though. (laughs) Like they just got to roll like that. Like, ah, we'll, we'll make other kids. That'd be fine. Uh, There's a bunch of them. Uh, at the age of six, he was already showing signs of his talent and dedication. Uh, there were famous drawings of him studying uh, daisies during some field hockey game. And later in life, he actually turned this into a paper and that he publishes that explains the mathematical process of how things grow. It is still cited today. So at 13, he starts a new school. And on the same day uh, that he begins school, the 1926 general strike begins, which was a nine-day strike from the union bosses to try and force Britain to essentially fix all their shit wages and conditions and stuff like in the mines. Now, this is before the um, Great Depression, correct? And because the, the Great Depression wasn't just that was a worldwide type of thing. I think it was 29 the markets crash or 33 or something like that. I can't remember. <sighs> yeah, I don't remember the exact year, but I mean, this is so. All the damage that is done, this is all like post World War One shit right. that just shit that just like coal mining hasn't recovered right. from World War One, and that's all. This is that's who is going on strike essentially, uh, but all the unions decide to go. So it's like bus drivers and coal and uh, mechanic shops. It's just everybody. Hmm. Uh, Alan Turing. It was so determined to make it to his first day of school, he rode his bike 60 miles, stopping overnight at an inn. He was 13. Nerd. Never in my fucking life would I have tried that hard to go to school. Go find another school or just like I'll find a nice day. Uh, yeah. It lasted like, nine days. You just start school a week late. It's fine. Chill, yeah, like, dude, like, what are you gonna miss? Like, if you're as smart as Alan Turing, like, you get someone to save you the homework. Like, hey, can you. Can't you knock out nine days worth of work in like a night if you're Alan Turing? I guess. Well, they weren't even teaching the shit that he wanted to learn. <laughs> his teachers, uh, you know, they all thought he was talented, but that they thought his like inclination towards math and science were just not a respectable path. And they wanted him to focus on the classics. Like I think it was like Roman and Greek literature and stuff, which I was just laughable to think about that now. Just like that's all our schools want anybody to focus on is math and science. Mm-hmm. Um, his teachers even wrote home to try and nudge his parents to help him, you know, lean in the right direction. And that if science and math is what he wants, then school is just a waste of time. <laughs> that fucking, that fucking <laughs> sentence is so beautiful. And it just goes, it's just like people who are in power, like it's just what's right in their minds, like what they think is best will just change so often. And you, you you grow up blindly like, oh, the people in schools will teach me and they know it's right. What 
was taught on the curriculum I learned from in 2010 is so fucking wildly different already. Just oh, 11 years yeah. later, you know, it's just it's it's it, a it's a weird funky thing. It changes all the time. Um, but he, like, you know, he he was a kid who just went and learned on his own, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was young and he uh, kind of figured out Einstein's laws and theories and he figured out calculus because you know. I thought about that. I was like, oh, he figured out Einstein. And I was like, oh, wait, no, Einstein's still alive at this time. Like, he's not, I mean, he's Einstein, but, you know, World War II still hasn't happened. Yeah. So this this is pre-atomic bomb Einstein. You know, Einstein was famous, but. He was somewhat, like, again. He's this still is, a dude at this time, I feel like. I feel like this is maybe, like, not Elon Musk before Tesla. That's too far down. Like, this is Bill Gates before Xbox, maybe, like, like before Windows 95, maybe, like, right before that. Yeah, just like this, like this is some cool tech guy, but like not enough to make random people think that he's injecting him with microchips. You know, not yeah. there yet, not quite, <laughs> not quite at that level. Now, while he was at school, he meets a boy named Christopher. Oh, burp count, burp count nine. Uh, it's Christopher Morcom. He would go on to have a pretty significant friendship with him, and. Either, most even speculate that this might have been his first love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris introduced Alan to astronomy and engaged in his interests of science and mathematics like no other. Uh, I believe he also introduces him to cryptology. Uh, Alan truly found, you know, uh, a, a friend. He, I, they weren't necessarily, they weren't like lovers. I know Chris, they're still young. So this is like... W- this was is, this just accounts that people were willing to publish or is this coming from Alan Turing? Because from what I'm just gathering, like some of the readings that I went back and saw, this seems like an example of like observers going like, huh, look at them. Such great friends, chums. And it's like, "Mm." I think it's a mixture. Just willful ignorance. Um, Because this, this really seems like either someone that, this isn't his friend. This is, this is a deep companion. There's, this is very deep companionship. So, and, Speculate um, all you want, but so you know he has this deep companionship. But in 1930, Chris ends up dying of bovine tuberculosis. <laughs> uh, he drank like contaminated milk or something years earlier, and he gets ill and he passes away. Now, this has a huge effect on Turing, and most likely sways him towards like atheism and I think it was like materialism, and pushes him to really focus on his studies because. Both of them nerded out all the time. They had all this dreams and stuff they wanted to do. So I think he tries to kind of make up for Chris's death. Now, you're kind of talking about whose who's accounts. Yeah. I did read that he wrote letters to his mother and, like, stayed in contact with his mother for quite a while mm. after he passed away. And a lot of the letters just, you know, looking back with context, now you can kind of be like, okay, this was something, you know – it's hard because you know you're in high school, so it's hard to define that. And in high school, we, you know, I don't know, man. The, the high school was is pretty defined. Yeah, Sex, sexual like sexuality is pretty defined by high school in terms of where like it changes. Obviously, you you, you know, Dennis Dennis has experiments as, as he gets yeah. older, but you your general I feel like not all the time, but. I don't think it would be complicated. And this is just me, like, speculating, like, you yeah. know, just, just bait, based speculation. But um, but also, you got to think of the times. I mean, this is the 30s, and homosexuality is illegal in Britain. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... 
a crime, like a yeah. pu- punishable by being thrown in fucking prison. So go decency, I think, is the yeah. I think yeah. it just had its own gross decency, something like mm-hmm. that. Chip, chip, cheerio! They figured out how to fucking make it work. Yeah, good for you guys. <laughs> so uh, after after he finishes school, he ends up going to study at King's College in Cambridge. He is continuously at the top of his class and is finally receiving a strong education that can actually be applicable instead of the nonsense his elementary teachers were trying to force. Uh, here he writes many papers, but none of the, or but one of those papers, here's the name, it's on computable numbers with an application to the Escherdung's problem. That's not real. Uh, he's That's not real. He's a math guy. He's not much of a name guy. Um it's paper. How much of a creative yeah. mind. In a nutshell, the the paper it just like replaces the current theory by a man named like Goodell, Roger Goodell. <laughs> uh, the first pick in the two thousand eight <laughs> Alan Turing draft. And Christopher. Christopher, no! yeah. It's a big upset. <laughs> I could do that bit for way too long. You pull me out of it. <laughs> so uh, the theory was arithmetic-based language with – or replacing arithmetic-based language with much more simple hypothetical devices known as Turing machines. So basically this is the paper where he is kind of in his brain designing the early Turing machines. Um, I read a lot on this paper. I didn't understand most of the words. They weren't real words, obviously. They were not real words. It was um, utter fucking nonsense to me. Um, but I read a lot of it, and, you know, I gave it I gave it a good... Net experiment. I gave it a good college try. That's right. Net experiment, and I just want to go back to the way things were. <laughs> go know? back to... <laughs> um, but it's essentially, it sounds like it's paper where he helps invent the modern computer language. Uh, now, there's another man who also put out a paper around the same time, but... Turing's paper was more accessible and less confusing, so that's the one that gets the glory. Uh, but both papers discuss some sort of device or universal machine that would do the computation. So Alan Turing is credited with, you know, like the godfather of computer science, but by no means was he alone. There were other people, you know, tons of other people were doing this at the same time. He's sort of the biggest star in this guy here, but right. a lot of other people, it was a cumulative effort. Yeah, like... Uh, I also need to preface something. So Alan Turing is the basis of the movie The Imitation Game. I did all this research, and I've seen The Imitation Game. I watched it before, and I went, oh, I love this movie. It seemed good enough to me. And then I did all this research, and then I watched The Imitation Game after that today. Do not (laughs) think that that movie is based on real life. It is like half they it, they take the basic gist of his life and turn that into a movie. They change so many things and add so many things. It was like upsetting. It was like his story is great as is. Mm-hmm. They really made it fucking dramatic. Hollywood. It's, it's already World War Two and Hitler. It's pretty fucking dramatic. Why dude. did you? And yeah, it's like the whole. That's the whole movie essentially. And then and then at the end, well, I, you know, well, we'll get to that. But it's just like. It's already dramatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he, you know, he, he's getting a, a lot of credit for computer stuff, but he's not the only guy working on it. So he finishes at King's College and he moves to Princeton in the 30s. And he studies under a man who wrote the other computer paper. 
Um, and this is where we also started studying cryptology, which obviously comes in hand later. Uh, by 1939, he returned to Cambridge and as far as I could tell, he seemed to spend his time going to lectures by this one mathematician and just argue with him. Just over the just. Chauncey, you you ignorant <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you ignorant slut. <laughs> uh, Chucking shit yeah, at him from the fucking top. One of the quotes I found was like, mathematics does not discover absolute truths, but rather invents them. It's, it's shit like that. They would just get into like fill it. This is He's a what happens. Troll. When, <laughs> this is what happens when a country focuses on teaching their children philosophy, and then all those students go become mathematicians. So it's nothing but philosophical fucking math jargon. <laughs> it's like they're all, all their elementary school and high school is like you're gonna learn, you know, Greeks and Romans and read and philosophy. And Sounds horrific to me. They get to Sounds college. Sounds horrific to me. Here's here's arithmetic and calculus, and now let's let's argue over like. Does it really exist? What does this math actually mean? Uh, so towards oh, I hit my button. So towards the end of 1938, World War II has not officially started yet, but they are busy at trying to learn and decipher the Nazi Germany's Enigma machine. So this machine was designed after World War One to help aid in communications between like commercial and government entities to keep their communication secrets. The Enigma machine at this time was the key to Germany's communications. Uh, the machines were everywhere. Everybody had them. Um, and a person would type in a message on one end and the machine would scramble the letters. And then based on a preset setting for that day uh, from – her kiss, but that's that's not the right word. Uh, that would be distributed earlier. It was like a list. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Germany High Command would come up with a list. It was just like, all right, here is the, the key. And they would send it out, you know, maybe a week, week or two in advance. And then everybody could just, you just type, you just enter in. There was like rotors inside of the Enigma and you kind of set the rotors to the right setting. And then you type it in, you send it out. It's all scrambled in the air, and then when it gets on the other side, they just have to type it into the machine and decipher it, and then they can read it. Um, the original version had three rotors inside, and each rotor scrambled the 26 letters of the alphabet. Uh, now, in 1932, way before the war, Poland was already very aware and recognized the Nazis were a danger. Poland is dead center between Germany and and the Soviet Union. And we're fucked almost immediately. <laughs> like, just... Hitler was just immediately like, oh, I am going to fuck those people yeah. over so bad. Uh, the two countries already had a pretty big history of fighting, and Poland was growing increasingly worried about an alliance between the Nazis and the Soviet Union. So they were hard at work trying to break that Enigma machine. They spent the next five or six years developing Enigma doubles, like uh, just copies of the Enigma machine, and figuring out how it's actually wired and the rotor system. And they did end up cracking something like 100,000 messages using uh, the daily cipher text. Um, basically, they figured out a common phrase, and then they used that phrase to decipher all the messages. Like worked backwards. Yeah. Um, but it's a daunting task. It would take hundreds of people going through each possible cipher to determine a message, which takes a lot of time, uh, which is something they don't have. Uh, the Poles created something called, I think it's just pronounced bomb, or maybe in Poland it was like bomba. Um, 
but it's essentially an early Turing machine that would do the cipher work for you and replace hundreds of workers. So Alan Turing gets you know credit for building the Turing machine or you know, the bomb later, but it was based off of uh, Polish design, mm. actually. They built six of them, but that was not fast enough, and relations between Poland and Germany were decaying at an alarming rate. So in 1939, near Warsaw, Poland ends up sharing the findings with the French and the British. Uh, the Polish findings, you know, like I said, they're, they, an operator fucked up, and yeah. they added the indicator line so they could, uh, you know, kind of track stuff. But Germany did figure out that they fucked up, so they changed things up in 1940. And Turing and his partner, Knox, they ended up coming up with a more generalized approach to the cryptography. I'm going to make you stop there while I, while I go take a pee because I am sweating. I have to piss oh, yeah. so bad. But you know what? Keep going. No, keep going. You want me to keep going? Yes, you keep going, and I'm going to pick up because if there's no one already, I could just go out in the yard like a dog, like an animal. Like like a goddamn animal. <laughs> keep going. Go for it. All right. So well. All right, all you cool cats and kittens. It's just us. So in 1938, Turing was already working part-time with the Britons. Government code and cipher school. Uh, it's basically like kind of like their CIA or it's just they're code breakers. Um, but in 1939, when World War II officially kicked off, he reported to a building called Hut 8 at Bletchley, Bletchley Park. Uh, it was basically their wartime station. I believe it was, you know, said to be like a radio factory is what their cover story was. Um, but yeah. So the, team spent time using the Polish bomb methods to decipher the German messages, but it was a bit of a slow method, and nobody was even trying to decipher the naval messages because the Germans used an even harder Enigma machine to send the messages. Turing saw that the naval messages were dire to the cause, and the German U-boats were just destroying the British Navy and could not get stopped. So getting goods across the Atlantic from the U.S. was incredibly dangerous because the U-boats and hundreds of thousands of tons of wartime materials and men were being lost every month. And I've sunk so many goddamn U-boats in Medal of Honor, it's not even funny. I just took a power piss. But, dude, keep, power piss. big wheels keep on turning, hey. all right? Proud Mary keeps on rolling, all right? <laughs> nice. I thought about that joke while I was out there pissing, so oh. I contributed. I never stopped contenting out there. A, B, C. All right, keep going. So within weeks of showing up at Hut 8 at the Bletchley Park, Turing began developing his own bomb. Bomb? Bomba? I don't know. I should have looked up the pronunciation. Leads us into our sponsor this week, Bomba's Socks. Every, <laughs> yeah. uh, every pair of socks, they donate some to charity. Anyway, uh, that is a real sponsor. I know. One I, day. I've heard that one. Mm-hmm. I've heard the sock one. I'm, I'm Bomba's Socks, sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> we stuff every Bomba sock with Blue Chew and Kratom. Yes. You put, them, you put them on, you sweat, you get hard. Take your Blue Chew, put that sock over your dick. <laughs> So Get out chili peppers, use the Bombas yeah. fucking dick socks. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, he started developing his own bomb, Bomba, whatever. It was going to be automated, and you would input the encrypted message, and it would seek out the correct Enigma rotor settings using the predetermined suitable crib, or essentially like like I said, like a common word, or like weather or important dates, such as like Hitler's birthday or the words Heil Hitler. Which is everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's their call sign. <laughs> it's a frequent message. 
So the machine would rotate through possible settings until it would use or until it would find a setting that worked for one of these words. Then you could use that setting to decipher the whole message. The first one was made in 1940 and was turned online. And while he was working at, on the Naval Enigma machine, he also developed a kind of another method. It was like Ben Burismus. It's basically the human computation method of crossing off certain rotor settings to help cut down on the bomb cipher time. So it's kind of a two-prong approach. You, know, you have the computer going, but it still takes time. It's still like 150 million million possible settings. Yeah. So you could use humans to kind of cut down on some of those and then input that into the computer. Uh, I just, like, doing all this and then watching the movie, it's kind of fucking up my brain and, like, how things went because they just created all of these, like, dramatic ways that they figured out this. But really, you know, Turing had a good team. In the movie, they make it seem like he's a loner and (laughs) everybody fucking hates him. And he just did it by accident. He's like, by Eureka. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, had the eureka moment, and and that like the the commanding officer of the camp hates him, but everybody liked him and supported him. And the commanding officer was a cryptologist himself; he wasn't just some like jackass general or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was supporting him, and trying to give him money, or trying to give him like support to to build this. So, you know, again, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> So by 1941, the bomb was working, but it was working very slowly. And they could not get Intel fast enough to make as big of a difference that they needed. So they needed money and staff. But the bosses, you know, you know, the head, higher-ups, they either didn't understand or they didn't necessarily appreciate the nerd palace of knowledge that was happening. Um, so they weren't, they weren't helping. You know, they, they were – Turing and his fellow cryptologists said, fuck it. And they ended up just writing Winston Churchill directly. Uh, they you know, they kind of just like went around all their like the higher ups. A- Alan, especially with Winston, don't mention the gate thing. I, <laughs> he'll probably come and try to kill you, <laughs> and he probably would have. Hundred percent. Winston Churchill was, and I get so bothered. I have so many even like people that I call friends who just you know, like are so dick hard for people like MacArthur and shit, and like Winston Churchill, and it's like, you understand that he was as equally like a colonizing fucking monster. Oh like an God, absolute yeah. fucking monster. Like, thank you for being on our side and stopping Hitler. Uh, you were about a holocaust away from being Hitler. But I mean, I guess, aren't we all, in, in some special way? Yeah. But Winston Churchill's a lot fucking closer than I could ever get. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And even then, he was like, on our side, but not like on our side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I think there was not like Boris Johnson, that's our boy, man. Oh, like yeah. that's our that's our fucking guy, all right? There's Look how relatable he is. His wacky hair. I think there's a there's like a funny story or like, there's a picture where you see um Stalin, Churchill, and FDR all sitting together and Churchill was always very grumpy and just like hated everything and FDR and Stalin would get along really well <laughs> and they'd like joke around and shit and I guess it drove Winston Churchill crazy, and they'd, like, fuck with him and troll him and shit. The third wheel. Yeah. Just a giant fucking fat <laughs> walrus third wheel. Oh. oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service, Winston. <laughs> so, yeah, so they wrote Winston Churchill, and they wrote about what they needed was so small in comparison to what was being used and lost and what they could save with this information. And they'd already proved it work. I mean, the shipping losses were already down to less than 100,000 pounds lost a month. 
or tons. Um, you know, but they could do better. They could get, you know, they want to get it down to zero. Um, Churchill ended up writing the general that he would, you know, he was to give them anything and everything they need. And the hut eight crew never actually heard Churchill's response, but they did notice that all of a sudden everything started going their way and things started just going much smoother. Um, I wrote, I wrote a shit talk about the general, but then I found stuff out about him later. So I'm not going to talk shit about the general. Okay. We'll let, we'll let it, he gets the the slide. I call him, I call him a smooth brain general, (laughs) but, but I found out later that he was like, no, he was, he was on his side. He just, didn't have necessarily the resources, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes being a boss is hard. Like, yeah. You don't realize there's a boss above the boss that yeah. is dealing with some of the same shit you are. <laughs> so by 1942, the bombs were decrypting about 39,000 messages a month. And then when they got fully up to par, it was 89,000 a month. So it's about two, three messages a minute, which is amazing. Uh, it absolutely turned the war effort around for the British and – uh, now, in 1942, Turing was sent to America to assist the CIA's bomb project. Now, America's goal was they were going to make 336 of these, one for each wheel order, uh, That which is a ton. You know, Turing had one for a while, and so like he, they needed more. Uh, the U.S. at this point had lost like 500 ships from U-boats, so they were – over this shit and they were getting pissed with britain because uh, britain was not sharing information so mi6 sent turing to go and go to the u.s and you know to comply with them and show them what they've done show them what their machines are doing how to do stuff but secretly they told them you go there and you lie fuck them (laughs) <laughs> fuck the US you go lie 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 play dumb write down everything you see and then come on back uh, in the movie they show Alan Turing as kind of this like almost like on the autism spectrum but I guess he wasn't really like that uh, you know a lot, they took a lot of liberties mm-hmm. um, you really got some beef with this movie beef. I we really have to watch this for boys at the movies. There's no way around it now. Like we always said we were going to do movies that f- make sense and fit the lore of the show. And my friend, this, I think, I've got beef with this movie now right. so much. It seems like it's gotten worse as the episodes progress. Like you're just get, you're getting angrier and angrier. And I like this. I like how we're working through this together. Continue, sir. Um, so like I said, Bletchley Park wanted to keep Britain's bomb a secret as much as possible. Like most government officials didn't even know it existed. Uh, so everyone, basically Turing and his group, they went to MI6 and they were like, look, we've cracked the code. We can decipher all of Germany's messages, but we're not going to tell you what they say. And they were just like, what? He's like, we're going to go ahead and we're going to decide what information you guys should see and what you can use because we don't want you to fuck this up for us because <laughs> we just spent two years trying to figure this out. If we just give you every bit of information and it goes out into the world and you misuse it, then the Germans are going to know that we cracked the code and by the weekend's end, like they're going to change the design of the Enigma and we have to start all over again. So, Did they ever – and I let me know like if I'm jumping out ahead. 
did the Germans before the war ended ever figure it out figure out that somebody cracked their Enigma machine, or was it already kind of <sighs> they didn't matter at a certain point? So they they figured it they figured out Poland cracked it and they changed it, and I believe at by the end I don't know if they necessarily well they knew that there were leaks. Um, but they had they had one machine that had three rotors and one machine that had five rotors, and then they were kind of just changing it up then. So I don't know if they like officially knew by the end, but I know it, by the end they had like new machines as well, like you know a couple years with the same thing. You just got to keep changing it up. All right, all right, cool. Um, so like I said, they went to MI six and they're like, we need to keep this a secret. But how do we explain to the higher ups where we're getting all this fucking information? So, MI6, which is... FBI, uh, essentially. It's kind of like FBI, CIA. It's more CIA. But at this point, it's top secret. No, We all know about MI6 because of, like, Mission Impossible and James Bond. Mm -hmm. This is before that. Nobody knew what MI6 was. It was secret. Top secret. Nobody knew what it was. It was, uh, like, we didn't... U.S. didn't have the CIA yet. It was like the Secret Service. Oh, uh, no. The, it was the OSS, Office of Strategic Services. That's Okay. I don't know if that's the precursor to the FBI or the CIA. I think that's the precursor to the CIA, but the OSS, because that's where a lot of like the covert missions during World mm -hmm. War II was, was done. Medal of Honor, Frontline, oh. awesome video <laughs> game. You work for the OSS. So. Gotcha. Pretty pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Uh, that, that sounds right. Um, so – Basically, the story they made up is that there's some sort of super spy named Boniface Bonaduce, Bonaduce, yeah, uh, who controlled a network of spies, and but it was all made up. And one of the people that was involved in this is the guy that ends up creating James Bond, uh, Ian Fleming. Uh, and I just had a funny note that he absolutely fucking hated Alan Turing, <laughs> and they fought all the time. <laughs> uh, he was like, "Yeah, we was like, we worked together," and like. He's like, but I can't fucking stand that guy. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's such an ass. You can't make them all love you, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know that, that like James Bond came from kind of like this like magical fucking spy ring. Like, you know, somebody is so good at being a spy that they could just get all this information and they just nail this. But it was really just them just pulling signals out of the air and. So Germany, I'm sure it leaked to them. Germany's thinking like there's this huge spy ring infiltrating them and they can't fucking find it. And like it probably drove them fucking crazy. Good. <laughs> Good. Couldn't happen to a nicer group of folks. Uh, so like I said, they they didn't want to share this with the U.S. Uh, they thought the U.S. was clumsy and that the Navy and Army acted completely independent of each other. And they were found to often plot against each other. They just didn't communicate very That's well. That's literally like in the plot. I, I just mentioned I'm playing Grand Theft Auto V again. Like one of the main plots is you it is the in that game it's the FIB and the IAA, CIA F mm. FIB at like war with each other. And like you're you're caught in the middle of it, like stealing <laughs> from one. It's fucking oh. great. So Turing played the idiot, pretending to be just wowed and take notes, which is you you wanna come to America and 
fuck with us. Make us feel good. Stroke the fucking ego. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Fragile American ego. You go ahead and you take full advantage of that. Oh, they were showing them, like, all the machines and how they're using them. And I don't think I put the quote in here, but Turing was just like, I just smiled and looked at all their machines and was just like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing here. Like Britain was light years ahead of them. I mean, they've been deciphering messages for years and America was just getting into the game, like at the end of the war, <laughs> just like showing up like, yes, yes. Look at us. Check out my cool aviator sunglasses. What do you think about these guys? Yeah. These guys could pull some real serious messages out of the sky. Uh, I guess. So I have another funny notes from his trip to America. Um, he hated our reliance on technology and, you know, that we didn't understand or didn't try to apply more mathematics and philosophy and problem solving before implementing machines. He's, you know, I guess he's just kind of ripping on us for like, we don't take the time to respect the craft. We just build it and fucking put it out there and see what the fuck happens. Uh, he also hated small talk. Oh, fuck you, Alan Turing. Small talk <laughs> rules, you fucking dickweed. God, now, now this guy just sounds like a fucking prick, just a, a grumpy... He wrote this in a letter. He hated ums and ers mm. and said, it's like, uh, well, fuck you, Alan Turing. And, you know, don't listen to my podcast then. <laughs> um, Cause there's plenty of that shit here. I'm not editing anything in spite of Alan Turing for the rest of my life. Turing law. <laughs> so Turing law. Turing and the bombs helped turn the tide of war. And it's theorized to have ended world war two about two years early and saved 14 million lives. After the war, he continued his work and pioneered early AI. Now, if you listen to the last episode, that is, I am not talking about artificial insemination of apes. It should be what it is. AI is forever. <laughs> that should just, it should just take over. Um, and he wrote papers on early computer designs and languages and theories. Uh, he did develop a test to try and catch AI and determine if it was a machine or human. This was what you were talking about, the Turing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize this was reversed in 1997, and this is why we have CAPTCHA. And they just took the test and they just flipped it around. So instead of humans trying to determine if it's a robot, now it's a robot just trying to determine if you're a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1948, he also created a computer chess game, uh, but the computers were not strong enough to power these programs yet. So to prove that it would work, Turing played as the as the computer, and he did all of the AI calculations on paper taking about 30 minutes per move. And he played against a colleague. Um, the computer lost, but he proved that it could play a game of chess. All right. Um, he also did something. This is like, like he did all this shit and then he went into biology and he figured out how math determines how cells develop into shapes and like create daisies and shit. It's it's DNA shit before there was DNA. This dude's a fucking. He had a lot of irons in the fire. He's a very, he's very Dave Grohl like. He's very able just to spread his wings, get his hands in a lot of projects. There, that was another like paper that I started reading about, and I was just like, again, I don't understand any of this shit. But this is amazing that this dude like Dave Grohl his fucking way around all this shit and just like hitting him out of the park. He wrote all these papers on different subjects that are all cited today. Uh, so nineteen fifty two. Uh, he is 39, and he starts a relationship with Arnold Murray, who is 19. Mm. Uh, they met outside of a cinema right before Christmas. And a month later, 
Turing's house gets burgled. <clears throat> now, Murray tells Turing that he actually knows the guy that did it. And Turing calls the police. But during the investigation, you know, he, he very casually acknowledges that he has a sexual relationship with Murray, uh, which is very much illegal at this time in Britain. Now, Turing did not try to hide his you know, homosexuality. Um, the movie will make you think he does. I cannot. St- the fucking movie is garbage. And Alan Turing, so he lived openly as a gay man. Yeah, and I, all of it, like a lot of his colleagues, everybody knew, and everybody was like, cool with it. You, you don't necessarily go around, you know, yelling it in the streets, but right. everybody already kind of knew. No one was a narc. Yeah, he got engaged to a woman. Um, Briefly, that he worked with, and they, you know, they separated. And I, I probably f- pushed that forward. That was a pretty big plot point in the movie, but it didn't seem like a huge plot point in his actual life. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really convenient for Hollywood, you know, to yeah. that story. You know what it really does kind of paint people as, and it's almost like that reverse. Hollywood's so fucking stupid, and you so you see it during Pride Month, especially. Just like there's there's two. There's two streets, and like the cynic in me, anytime I see a rainbow now, and especially as a member of that community, it's like I, I see that rainbow during Pride, and I roll my fucking eyes. I'm like, well, who, who's it behind? Like, I see the New York Giants logo, and I see a fucking rainbow behind. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about the fucking Mara family for a minute, you know? Like, <laughs> and it it's just like that. I don't know. Um, it almost takes like people would want you to believe that, and of course, like in in law. And people who were in charge had horrible opinions on homosexuality and all that in general. But you know what? Like the common person down there was a grass grassroots, you know, salt of the earth type of people. A, a fair majority, depending on where you were in the country, like if you're in the bumfuck south, obviously they'd yeah. you know they'd burn you at the stake. But uh, a lot of pe- places for a long time have been very, very, very accepting of people in the gay community, and it's always been like. Communities felt ashamed to tell people how accepting they were. And it almost – you see a lot of this, you know, like in that movie. Like they portrayed everyone as evil and they hated him because he was gay. It's like that kind of takes takes it back a step and it doesn't really paint it in the right light. It's like, no, like these yeah. people accepted him for who he was. It was more – it's not the people in society. It's the people in charge. It's the people who can make rules that discriminate against a gay person. Because I, I don't think a lot of gay people would – care as much you know what people had to say if they were allowed to have again the same rights for as long as long as they were denied them yeah that's my very small rant on that but i just that kind of popped into my head it's like the people get a bad rap with um homophobia Mm -hmm. and of course there's plenty of people that are homophobic that are just straight up homophobic regular ass people but a lot of it is uh it's like systematic it's like that systematic homophobia I God, going back to watching an ep- old episodes of Rock of Love, like just the jokes, the, just like the little jokes they make about being gay, like oh these two girls kiss, like, would that be crazy? Just the way they, <laughs> the spec, the spectacle of it, yeah. the the look at this freak show. So rant over, continue yourself, sir. Uh, so Turing calls the police, and during the investigation, he acknowledges that he does have a sexual relationship with Murray, which is illegal at this time. So they both get charged with gross indecency and they go to trial. Uh, Turing pleads reserved his defense, um, which is essentially pleading the fifth. It's funny. I, I kind of read read it first. I was like reserved his defense. 
And I was like, okay, so you're not pleading guilty. You're not pleading innocent. You're pleading in the middle. And I was like, is that like tying? I was like, fucking Brits. Always always just play for the tie. Fucking soccer. <laughs> fucking <laughs> losers. Um, USA. Then I was like, oh, wait a minute. We had the fifth here. Yeah. I, was like, I, yeah. <laughs> I just like was trying to find a reason to rip on like British people's court <laughs> systems. Um, so he was convinced to enter a plea of guilty. Uh, I think it was like his brother and his lawyer. Everybody was just like, just plead guilty. Uh, so he was convicted and he was given a choice of jail or chemical castration. He chose chemical castration and it was like a 14-month process and it makes him impotent and he ended up developing breasts because it's essentially just like pumping you full of like estrogen and stuff or estrogen. Alan, I feel you, dog. (laughs) Um, I feel you. So because of his conviction, he lost his security clearance and because being gay was seen as a security threat, he had to leave the GCHQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he essentially built. Um, he was barred from entering the U.S., but he could go to other countries. Um, now, June 8th, 1954, Alan Turing's housekeeper ends up finding him dead at the age of 41. That's actually th- that's th- three days from the day this will be recorded. Oh, oh. Th- or be released, actually. I just... Oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. God damn. Um, his cause of death was cyanide poisoning, and lay beside him was a half-eaten apple. It was speculated that the apple had been laced with cyanide to hide the taste. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that life was imitating art, and he was recreating Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, his favorite movie. He was cremated, and ashes were spread in the gardens of the crematorium. Now that is a Hollywood ending for you. And that is... Probably a bullshit explanation. So apparently the investigation into his death was just so lazy and fucked up. Um, you know, people, try, I think, tried to spice this up a bit. Um, and now, then it seems like the people who tried to investigate it, which is like, ah, you know, this gay dude died. We should just kind of move. They didn't even give a shit. Just kind of get on with yeah. our, our shit here. And, um. The there's there's a fellow scientist that I believe was a friend, and he pointed out that he was like, he's like, yo, he's got an apparatus that he uses to remove gold from spoons, and you need cyanide to do that. He's like, so what most likely happened is that he just spilled cyanide or something, and he just breathed it in. So like, and he was known for eating apples before bed and just throwing them on the ground. Ugh. <laughs> they did not test the apple, so. Like the original story says, like there was an apple laced with cyanide. That's bullshit. They never tested the apple. Case closed. Yeah. He's got an apple there. Yeah, cyanide got poisoning. This. There's an apple. Got this. Um, back him and back him. Yeah, and they were just like people that went in the house afterwards. Just like yeah, he had like a to do list, and um, you know, they tried to say like, well, the chemical castration like fucked him, and he was depressed, and all this, and and they're like. This was 14 months after that process was done. Oh, you know, I, I think I said 14 months for the process. I got my numbers mixed up. This is 14 months after that process was okay. done. I forget how long that took. Um, it, seems, it does seem horrific, though. Chemical castration. Oh, totally horrific. But apparently he I – t- I texted you this earlier. I was like, Alan Turing was fucking punk rock about this, apparently. 
I guess he just spent the whole time just like stayed talking shit about the government, shitting on the politics, shitting on the court systems and made like jokes about the chemical castration. And just like uh, there's everyone was just like, yeah, I don't think this was suicide. Like, like maybe, but he was in like really good spirits and like, he was working and doing all of his experiments and he had like all mm-hmm. this shit he wanted to do and accomplish. It can turn, it can turn quick. Yeah. It's it, can just turn, like, it can turn, it can turn on a dime. Mental health can turn on an absolute dime. It seems like this is just, this could have been figured out if the investigation was just any investigation. A little bit of effort was put into it. Yeah. Like a, even like a half-assed effort. Uh, well, final theory, which is great. Like, you know, I love, I love a good Nirvana or it was Kurt, uh, I was going to say, Kurt Angle, the death yeah, of Kurt, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Not uh, I had some good theories with that one. So here's here's the, the, the best one. Theory is that the government killed him uh, for fear that the commies were going to use the gay to sway the secrets away. Because mm, I'm sure their super religious government will be all <laughs> about. Well, were they at this point? Well, so the Soviets, they were using... Yeah, like blackmail on anybody. Because I know the so- like the Russian now is very religious, but I don't know if the Soviet Union was. I don't know. I don't know what. No, that was their whole deal. They wanted to stomp out fucking religion. Religion got in the way of, you know, uh, communism. It got in the way of tectate. Beer yeah. for the manual labor. The beer for you. The beer for me. The beer for work. Oh, tectate. Yeah. They they t- took tectate, and they <laughs> shoved it down. Every religion's throat, and if you had a church or a synagogue, they took the tectate and they poured it all over the church and they lit the tectate on fire. <laughs> That's what Soviet Union. Because did. as you, everyone knows, tectate is uh, is very highly flammable. We do not recommend you pour it on anything you do not want set on fire. Actually, on uh, oh, what the hell? Uh, why am I like drawing a blank on the name? Frankspeech.com. <laughs> when we did our deep dive, I ended up watching a two-hour special on a guy who grew up. Uh, in the Eastern Bloc of Germany when Soviet Union was in charge of it and talked about how they persecuted religion and stuff. I watched two hours of this. It was a, it was interesting. It was a fast it was a fascinating storyteller. Frank speech. But he would he, but then he would like say shit that would bring it back to like How far are you away from sending me a video one day <laughs> where it's just like Alex, I'm serious, this makes a lot of sense. Like you're <laughs> you're 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 playing with fire. <laughs> It was it was so much Franksby.com. Dude, the Patriot.win, the Donald.win, that's all, they're all gone. They took them down. Did they? Yeah. Oh, got, yeah, they got to him. I know you hadn't checked on a while. I wish yeah, you could find them. I, I like, checked. They couldn't, they couldn't find it. Essentially, it was like they brought me to this like empty page, but like not empty, like this white page with this paragraph. This guy's like, look, the government wants to shut me back. Like, <laughs> they know I'm running this. They're, they're, they got me, ch-. you know, it was it was really jumbled. I, felt, huh. I kind of fell for the guy, you know? I fell for him. So, all right, 2009-2016, Alan Turing is back in the news. Um, So a bunch of different people start petitioning the government to reverse uh, Turing's conviction and apologize and recognize him for all he did for the country. Because for about 50 years, all of his work was classified. So nobody really knew what he did. When it all came unclassified, that that you know, everybody's like, uh, "Y'all are fucking dicks." What the fuck did you do? It's like this man helped save the world, world and you castrated him, and potentially uh, added to his death. 
It's just like, fuck you. Uh, so in 2016, they they apologized, and they even created an Alan Turing law that provided amnesty to anybody who had previously been convicted for homosexuality. Um, then, I guess next year, on the 50-pound banknote, they're going to feature Alan Turing mm-hmm. on the backside. Yep. So everything is good. Everything's fixed. The end. Everything's fixed. There's no, you know what I mean? Like I'm glad I'm glad we finally got everything in check and there's just no issues uh with the way, you know, homosexual people are treated by their governments. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that it stopped in 2016. I'm glad that we all took I'm glad that we, you know, our values, we decided we're not going to let them come under attack anymore, okay? Yeah. We're going to take a stand and we're going to stand for what's right. And all governments across the world were just like we're just going to you know what I mean? We're going to treat everybody equally and beautifully because of Alan Turing. The Queen apologized. I was going to shit on the Queen real fucking hard. Um, we'll wait. We'll wait until she dies. We'll wait for the, the oh queen no, I don't death, care the queen, about that. The Queen death special. Um, You're missing out. We're leaving a lot of money on the table riding the fucking algorithm, there, dude. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh no, I mean I will shit on her. Um, I just I was going to shit on her for the apology and waiting until. You know, 2016 to apologize. She was alive when he was. So I, if you see at the bottom, I ended up writing some of the things. I was like, oh yeah, wait a minute. She wasn't. I always. I'm just so used to her being queen. Always is that I always forget that there was other people who existed fucking before her, and that her father was in charge, and that she took over in 1953. He died in 1954, and. Uh, I mean, during the 50s, I know that she was still young and like I'm pretty sure she was still getting bowled over by the fucking government of just like we're going to do shit our fucking way. Yeah. Um, And then in 1967, uh, they did they legalized private consensual homosexual acts. So I was like, all right, you didn't necessarily have a a super fucking long time until you legalized homosexuality. Like it wasn't off the bat. She was like. 22 or something. I mean, she was well, it's young. also a governor. The, the queen yeah. is also a bit of a ceremonial. It's actually well, no. more, it is more than you think. It's she, she can disband the government at any time. And the government is the ceremonial part. She has, it, according to their doctrine, I only know this because I watched The Crown and I started doing all this stupid research of just like figuring out, I was like, what does the queen do? What is her power? She doesn't really do shit now, but that's on purpose because she doesn't want them to she doesn't want the British people to do what, like, every other country did to their monarchs. Yeah, and kill them. Yeah, and kill them. So that's why she just like, no, 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 you can have a government. I'm going to hang out here. Just leave me alone. Give me my money. Let me live in my big house. Um, and, but yeah, so she actually has all the power. She just chooses to let people have power. <laughs> she. We, can we just uh, <laughs> do a toilet bowl for this? Because now you've, you've piqued my interest. I and mean, I feel like we've come to the end of our, our, our Turing, our Turing, down the Turing hole here. Um, <laughs> a man who just, you know, he's definitely, you want to talk about heroes of the gay community here at the, he, these heroes of pride. Alan Turing is probably like, is he the gay man that saved the most lives in human history? I mean, and that's that's 14, half bit, half serious. 14 million possibly? So I'd say he deserves a fucking, I don't know, 
in the parade and maybe make a float to the guy, and someone. That's, and that's $14 million in that generation. Yeah. That's not including, let's say, the $14 million and then their kids and mm-hmm. then their kids. Do people really forget how fucking fucked World War II was? Like how, like, hey, this, this the world might end. Yeah. Like That shit could have got on for 20 years. Had, you know, like had maybe atomic bombs up in a thing. How, you know, I mean, shit got weird, but that could have yeah. got on for a long any, fucking time. Any one thing happens and... It's completely different. Yeah. Um, but, guys, we have kept you here for a just thick, beefy episode of, of, of the main M3 podcast. We appreciate you. Beef stick. Beef stick. Alan Turing stick. Sponsored by – can you imagine, like, Alan Turing, like, as the snap into a Slim Jim guy? I don't know what he sounded like. <laughs> like, hey, snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Mathematically. Mathematically. I'm going to buy one-fourth of this. Yo, respectfully. Okay. Respectfully. Respectfully. So as we come to the end of these shows, you know what it's time for. You know it's time for those motherfucking plugs, okay? Hit them with the plugs. It's patreon.com slash m3podcast. I did it right. You want to put the number three in there. Premium content. We already talked to talked to you about it before. If you've gotten to almost two hours of us doing a podcast, at what fucking point do you think it's okay for you to not give us $5? Yeah, how long is this for? <laughs> Uh, two hours. It's about it's about two hours. I but knew like, I knew the Terry. I wrote six pages. I was like, this is yeah. deep. If you and we know too, because now we're on crowd whatever podcast place. Simplecast. Simplecast. Yes, we have better analytics. Yeah. We know that there are people that get through entire episodes of these podcasts and say to themselves, "Wow, that's enough for me." <laughs> no. We're here for you, and it's it's better on the premium side. Everything's always better in places that you pay money for it, okay? Free concerts, let me fucking give you a little inside information from a guy in the business. They're not playing as hard, all right? They're playing soft. Soft little daddies. Do you know what people are playing the hardest out there? And this is not a bit. The people who are playing four-hour shows for like $1,000, they're playing their fucking balls off because they're being paid. Because they're having Those money. My favorite shows play. Yeah, because it's, it's great to get a nice fat wad of money at the end of the fucking night because you earned it. And we're not looking for a fat wad of money. I mean, look into your pockets. Pull out a five dollar bill. Say hi, Mister Lincoln. I'm really sorry about what happened to you at that theater, but you know, like we're we're gonna make up for that right now. Um, we're gonna make every day President's Day, and I'm gonna put <laughs> you into the pockets of two premium daddies, <laughs> two platinum boys, who just want to make the world. A little bit better. We got to make Throb Hog Nation happen. How do you expect us to buy an indoor football league team if there's no patrons? I mean, there's not. I mean, we do not. There isn't none. There's five beautiful people. There's Matthew W. Rockville. There's Nick Smitty. There's our friend Isabel. There is Mac Lavez, and there's Jives. <laughs> Jives bangers. Those people have laid their money down. They've said, "Daddies, feed us more." Daddy, we need it. Daddy. When we, Daddy, excuse me. When we finish our meals at the end of the episodes, we just we're like we need dessert. We need a second course. We need more. And we will give that to you. Shit once a week, man. You got B-Sides. You have Boys Room. You have Boys on Music. You have Boys at the Movies. You have the audio of the Walog. You have classic content, which is being put up tonight because I've been here for two hours and I'm not doing a B-Sides. Uh, and I have three remastered classic contents that I've been sitting on. So, yes. Perfect. I will rain down upon you tomorrow morning. Glorious classic content. This is what happens when you lay down $5. We interact pretty, like, 
we get the messages directly onto our phone from the patron, at least Patreon, like at least I do. Like if you message there, if you comment on anything there, I see it immediately and will immediately respond. We had a recommendation, and I'm making a, a call here. We're going to do it. Our boy Chives, Chives, he wanted us to review the new Bo Burnham piece, okay? And it's not really boys at the movies. It's not really boys on music. Oh, I must have missed this bit. The Bo Burnham inside? Yes. Did you watch it? I'm going to watch it oh tonight. My it's, God. I've seen think, the white woman's Instagram. Oh, I've seen that. Dude, <laughs> you, you want to talk about uh, um, 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 the what's the bear thing we talked about earlier? Um, Being why, laid bear? What? No, the Cartoon Network. Why can't I think of the goddamn name now? <sighs> the thing you want to do, the bit. Not, not too many cooks, the other one. Oh, unedited footage of a bear. That's. Very much unedited that's, footage of a bear. That's this. Okay. It's fantastic. Okay. But I'm thinking, look at that. That's not boys on music. That's not boys at the movies. That's boys inside. That's boys in concert. And that is going to be a new series. Whenever we want to do a live concert movie, boys in concert. And we're going to do it for Chives. Because Chives laid his fucking money on the fucking table. We listened. We took what he said. We took it into our hearts, into our minds and souls, and we created a new property based off of that. I'm taking it into the hearts. Do you want to be heard? I didn't. I didn't hear his message earlier. Do you want to be heard? He heard. (laughs) I heard him. Yeah. If you read him, I don't get the message. Exactly. And that's you will be. (laughs) I really need to get my own account. (laughs) You will be heard by one of us. You will always be heard. You will always be appreciated at patreon.com slash m3 podcast the other links there's a fucking link tree i don't need to say them anymore just go there a hundred you got options it's just go there and that's it um i would bop it on my way out of here but i'm just feeling too positive right now (laughs)